The following podcast on the Your Own Pay Podcast Network will contain adult content. Listener discretion is advised. More information about this episode can be found at yourownpay.com. This is a pay-owned media production. That was a totally unexpected closure, but it kind of worked out. So I wasn't really actually trying to close it. I just was like, hey, here's a good time to make sure. Well, I really didn't have anything else to add, did you? I didn't either. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I could have came up with something, but I was like, well, here's a good time to tell people how to how they can let us know if they're getting value out of the show. So, And this section yeah. right here is what's going to go into the beginning of the show. So people be like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but it's time. Damasi and Michael just talking tech. Ah, okay. You're on channel four. Why are you on channel four? I guess it doesn't matter. I know where you are. Though. You're on channel three, four right now. Yeah, you're just on channel four. Because I was smart for once and actually went in and set it up so it doesn't use the master audio. Although it really doesn't matter. But I've come to the conclusion that I want any VOIP software to come through channel three, four, because ultimately I should not be on two VOIP softwares at once. I mean, it can be done. But if I'm but doing you probably that, shouldn't be. If yeah. you are, it's going to be a special situation, so you want to tweak the circumstances. Yeah, that, that's. I mean, all of my VOIP stuff typically is coming out of channel five, ah. uh, using loopback. But for some reason, you're on four. But I'm mm. not going to mess with it. Right, right. At least it's working, and you can yeah, adjust my I, audio. I know where you are, so yeah. yeah, I can, I can, I can adjust you. Make sure we don't get any bleed over. Right there, we go. Uh, and then, like when the phone rings. It's always on eleven twelve, so now that I have my, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Quick follow up for people: if you have any questions or comments, I'm learning now to put the link towards the beginning of the show. So if I ever have to do something like what I had to do that we'll talk about too uh, at the bottom of this list in this Google Doc, uh, then I can easily find what episode it is. So you're on pay.com slash dm eighty. If you want show notes and more information. So, Demasi. There it is. Yeah, you see it? Or. Oh, oh I was saying oh. there it is. DM at com slash DM80. Yeah, I said you had left the paragraph and then you're like, there it is. I thought you saw the last thing that I put <laughs> on there. No, I see this. Uh, so, Tia's experience with Safari. Yes. Uh, Has she even so, noticed? Yes, she has actually. So I was mistaken. I just hadn't heard about it. Uh, there, there apparently was a reaction. I just wasn't there for it, and she didn't bring it up to me. So essentially, her reaction is what you said. Mallory was where she looked at it and she was like, "What the hell did they do?" Right. Uh, she does not like it. Uh, uh, she not does not all? like the address bar at the bottom. Nah, she she does not like the address bar at the bottom at all. I told her she could change it back, but uh, she said, "Well, I've been living with this." mess for a week so i guess i'll just keep it so maybe right now she thinks she doesn't like it but subconsciously she does like where her finger falls in order to get to the address bar maybe i think that's likely one thing i'm gonna have to look at that i didn't think about until right now is how she actually holds her phone because Uh she has the 12 pro max but she also has you know small hands 
Uh, I was going to be in politics and say, she has small girly hands. But that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stick with small hands. <laughs> uh, she has small hands. So she may not hold her phone in the same way that I would hold my phone because just about every phone she has had since the six plus, mm. she's had to hold in one hand and operate with another hand. Whereas I can usually manage to work any phone one handed unless I need to actually get to a specific area to do something. And I don't want to do a whole bunch of flicking. So that could be one thing that's so different for her is that I'm usually holding my phone in one hand and I can navigate with my thumb and actually having the address bar at the bottom for me means I don't have to do the whole phone shimmy. (laughs) That was, that was talked about in DM 79. It was. I don't even remember what we called Shimmy. that episode, do you? Hmm? I said, I don't even remember what we ended up calling that episode, do you? I do not. Uh, uh, hold on, I can probably tell you in a second. Oh, I do. I do. <laughs> we'll give Demasi a second to pull it up so he can tell us what we called it. Oh, well, actually, I don't see it. Oh, it's the click. I called it the click because we kind of talked about the click and uh, clicking and stuff. Although I think maybe I fixed that issue. We'll see. We'll see. I took some very extreme methods if that's really what it took to fix it. <laughs> oh, I just heard a click. What? I just heard a click. Are you kidding? <sighs> I'm sorry, Demasi. I can't hear you anymore. all right so i finally got a good setup on the board uh let me know if the click becomes overwhelming slash extraordinarily pertinent i guess is the right word uh and we'll make some sort of alterations if possible but i got a decent setup on the board um when we've talked about the soundcraft signature 12 mtk there is a pack of six buttons that i did not know what they do and i still only really know what two of them do i have suspicions but this six pack of buttons is on the upper right side of the board and it's two across by three down the top left button when it's not pressed i have my audio going out of aux one on the board and in order to adjust the volume of aux one For each channel, I have to find the aux one knob and adjust that volume. And then there's a master aux one knob on the right side of the board with it. And the sliders have zero effect. I can, in my headphones, the sliders have zero effect. I can move them up and down all day long and I won't hear any difference. And to me, that's frustrating because I bought a mixer and I wanted to play with the sliders, even though, you know, it was working. And every time I would get on the computer, Benjamin would have all the sliders, like almost all the way up, but he would have the top left corner button pressed on that six pack. And so I could not figure out what what was going on and why he would do that and why I never had audio because I'd pull all the sliders back down because I'm like, they don't need to be up and I don't want something to actually come through if I accidentally hit the master button. Well, just messing around the other day. I don't even know how I found it, but I realized that when you press the top left button and you have headphones plugged into aux one, the sliders then do affect what audio is coming out of the board into aux one. 
And of course you can turn up the volume on the knob or if you set it straight up and down, then what comes out of your board into your headphones on the slider volume should be similar to what will go to the master track if you press the master buttons. So hopefully that made a little bit of sense. The second button down is the same thing for aux two. And I think the third one is the same thing for aux three, but I tend not to play with aux three because I've learned that if you, if you don't have the slider immediately to the left of the two sliders all the way down or that channel muted, then anytime you turn up aux three, you push more audio into the effects uh, bus. And so that effects then comes through to the recording. So I don't really play with aux three that much because aux one is plenty for me. But that's my setup now. I get to play with sliders and buttons and knobs. And I even have it set up with the headset buddy that now when I come up to the, like right now, I did it subconsciously without even thinking about it. When I come up to the board, I just plug my phone into the lightning adapter. And then if someone calls me, I have, so I have the lightning or the headset buddy plugged into channels 11, 12 and into group one which means if I press group one on channel one, which is the very bottom button on the right side of the channel, then anything coming out of channel one is then played through the phone so I can take phone calls. So as long as I have Reaper open boosting my audio, then people can hear me on the phone. If I don't have Reaper open, it's very difficult to hear me. But then that also told me that let's say I wanted to send Demossi's audio because I have Demossi on channel three, four, since CleanFeed will let us choose an audio channel for each person. Um, then if I wanted to, I could send Demossi's audio into the phone simply by pressing group one on channel three, four. If we were streaming on Clubhouse or something, then people would be able to hear my audio from group one and Demossi's audio from group uh, one on channels three, four. So. That's where I wanted to go. Finally have the board set up. How are you using it, Demasi? Because you're still using the master monitoring, aren't you? I am still using uh, master for my monitoring. So I'm getting everything straight off the master track. So if I push the master button on any track, that means I hear that audio. I have Aux 1 actually set up to go to my headset, buddy. Yeah, so I have been using Aux 1 for... Uh, the headset buddy i think let me check hold on one second <laughs> okay yeah so i do actually have aux one going uh into the headset buddy so if i'm using if i have my phone connected to the board and i answer a call that's how people are able to hear me is because i have the aux one knob for uh channel one turned up so that, that audio gets fed in uh, similarly, I could do the same thing that you're doing. So like if I were connected to Clubhouse right now, I could route my audio and your audio into the phone, yeah. uh, into Clubhouse with the headset, buddy. This six pack is interesting because that does allow for some different types of routing of audio. Uh, I just, I have been on master just because it's what I'm used to mm -hmm. with any sort of board that I've had. I've always plugged into the master. And the oxes I just use because I want to be able to route audio into something else. Uh, so I was for a while using the USB um, sound card, external sound card, to push audio into the computer 
that I wanted to send out and I would use that that device as the input for like Zoom or Google Meet or, or whatever. Uh, I don't have that connected at the moment because I noticed yesterday with testing before I did a meeting that I was getting a little bit of uh, noise mm-hmm. from that device. So I just disconnected it and went back to using my, my old fallback of loopback, a loopback virtual device and using Audio Hijack to boost the mic level from channel one into that device too it's funny Demasi. for people who obviously aren't here live because we don't do anything live right now uh Demasi was adding links to the bottom of the page and so i found myself adding links to the bottom of the page as as he was talking so you know if we stick with this maybe we'll get a decent uh setup working um <laughs> but because we have a her. Google Doc open. Google with, Doc. We're with, back at Google Docs again. Yeah, yeah, it comes full <laughs> circle, but with some ideas of some of the topics that I wanted to talk about. Kind of like, you know, my morning when I got a wild hair up my ass and said, hey, I want to go ahead. That was actually a name of an episode, by the way. Wild hair. Michael DM. I forget which one. Michael gets a wild hair. But anyways, so I decided I wanted to restore my computer. <laughs> Because, well, two reasons. Number one, I've been getting some random issues with the computer. And sometimes you just need to restore, especially when you've ran beta software. And I also wanted to experience the Windows 11 setup process from someone who didn't just upgrade, but was able to uh, set up their computer and, and, you know, maybe got a new computer. What's that process like? And yes, Cortana is no longer in the setup process like was in Windows 10. Um, You do have narrator through the entire setup process and the next button that you have to click a couple of times is actually labeled as yes button. And I will admit a few times I said, what am I saying yes to? But I clicked it and I went through and got everything all set up. Uh, this morning, I think it took me an hour or so. And then I had the process of actually setting stuff up. Because setting your computer up and setting stuff up are two different things. <laughs> hmm So, yeah, got that all set up, though. Um, Actually, about an hour and a half before Demasi and I sat down to record, I actually got the interface working. Don't tell me this. Why? Say this. No, no. So I read this message from Michael this morning. It says, so wiping the computer or or something. Hold on. Actually, let me go read this message. So I get this message. This is what I wake up. Actually, I didn't wake up to it, but I see this message from Michael. Yeah, because I was up at this time. So I'd, I'd see this message come in from Michael when I was working at the computer and I flip over check messages. And it says initiating operation wipe and reset, wipe and reset, LOL. <laughs> and the first thought in my mind was, no, Mike, no, no, no. We got to record today. No, no, we don't. We really don't got time today. Why not tomorrow, Mike? Or next Why, Saturday. Next Saturday, Mike. No, not today. But he's already done it, right? Because I see the message maybe 30 minutes after he sent it. So he didn't say anything back to me. <laughs> so I didn't say anything. And then about an hour later, I get a message from Mike that says, and one hour later, computer is set up. 
<laughs> Mixer is working. Just need to install Chrome and one password and all that stuff. I was like, oh, okay, well, it didn't take that long to get back up and running. Good. Maybe this is not such a such a catastrophe. All right. Yeah. <laughs> the well, problem. Oh. Oh, and then I get a nice note. And I also backed up my Reaper settings this time, too. I was like, all right, great, good deal. And, oh, no, I didn't get another message after that. We had a a brief conversation. You were like, so I still got to set up a couple of things. And I was like, oh, no, Mike, it's like 7 o'clock, man. What are you doing? No. (laughs) So the problem is, is I didn't install the drivers. And I got audio working just fine through the board. Until I would quit Jaws, which I I shouldn't have to do this, but I quit Jaws regularly throughout the day so I can switch over to NVDA or Narrator or something. But I quit Jaws, and then I brought it back, and it came back on, on board system audio. I'm like, man, this is not working. And then I remembered that there's this two going on three-year-old driver that I needed to install. And in order to install it, you have to enable unsigned drivers on windows 11 too apparently very simple process now that i know how to do it you go to you go to recovery then you click on startup then you click on advanced and then you click on reset and then or restart don't click reset click restart and then once it restarts narrator will come up if you want to use narrator and it comes up talking to you you click the uh, restart system or something like that. I forget the exact terminology, but there's directions on the website. And all of this is, is accessible until the last part where you have to hit option number seven to uh, enable or to allow installation of unsigned drivers. And Benjamin helped me with it the first time. And I said, hey, that's actually not bad because once you tap number seven, then the computer restarts. So it's not like you have to tap number seven and then go down to restart computer. Once you tap an option there, then it restarts. So you could accessibly do it, wait about five for this computer. It's about five, six seconds. And then you just tap seven and I tap it two or three times. And then I wait for the headphones to come on or for the uh, startup sound to play. Then I go in and I install the driver and I restart the computer and then it works fine. But yeah, everything else aside from remembering to do that worked without the driver. uh, I had very crackly audio in my headphones and none of my sliders would adjust any audio, even with the button press. Like none of my setup was working, but I installed the driver and all my problems went away. So moral of the story, if your device has drivers and you're on Windows, it's probably a good idea to install them. Yep. That sounds very much or very similar to the process you have to go through with certain things on Mac OS now too. Like in order to use um, any of the Rogamiba tools as far as or at least the ones i rely on audio hijack and loopback you gotta go un allow what is it called i forget exactly what it's called on pack os now but it's like allow un allow kernel extensions i, don't, I yeah. forget what it's called but if you if you use audio hijack or or or, or loopback uh for sure and I think sound source also, you're going to have to go allow this. And it's a whole recovery, going to recovery mode process, go to this thing, check this box, reboot the computer, reboot again. <laughs> right. So the biggest issue I had, 
and I don't, I haven't told Demasi this part yet, but the biggest issue I had when I got installed, I said, you know, this is a clean install. Why not start with some extra beta software? Because, you know, beta wasn't the reason why I did this in the first place. So I went and I downloaded 1Password 8 beta. And I got signed into one of my accounts. And then I tried to sign into another account and couldn't get that to work. Because I have three 1Password accounts that I signed into. And I couldn't get it to work, not because I was unable to remember the security key or anything, because for the first time in my entire life, I can say this, I actually went to 1Password's website and signed in with all three of my 1Password accounts to make sure I had the proper key, email address, and password which I feel proud of myself for doing that because asked Demasi, it's often, he, he was probably thinking when he saw that message, oh boy, I'm going to have to reset Michael's account for one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I got that installed. And then I'm like, you know, this one password eight looks a little weird, but I can work with it. And then I tried hitting the applications key. Now, there's, there's a little bit of a history to this, but I tried hitting the applications key directly to the left of my left arrow key, and nothing happened. I'm like, all right, this shit ain't going to work. I'm trying to get my stuff set up. I want to be able to copy something out of out of a, a item in one password so I can go authorize software and get up and running. So I'm going to uninstall this, and I threw a baby fit, as Mallory calls it, and went and grabbed 1Password 7 because it works, and everything's good. And then my application key wouldn't work in, in there. And I'm like, well, something's not right. And then I realized that that is not actually an application key. It's a control key. And uh -huh. I had mapped it with sharp keys to application key. And so I think maybe I'll try 1Password 8 again now that I know that it was my error. And I actually downloaded Windows Power Toys to try to remap it and not use sharp keys. And so, yeah, that's that's my adventures today related to restoring a computer and setting up one password. Damasi, do you often reset a computer and do you run into some hurdles like the ones I've outlined today? Uh, I, I really hate resetting a computer and mostly it's not so that the process really is not as onerous as it used to be mm -hmm. in the past. It's, it's fairly quick. Uh, and because I have backups like on a on a local hard drive, uh, I can oftentimes, you know, copy over any any really important file, so I don't worry about losing data. And a lot of my stuff is is either in Google Drive, uh, iCloud, or uh, Sync dot com, my Sync dot com account. So I, I get a lot of that stuff back out of the cloud. So the process of recovering is not so difficult. What gets me is are the little things that we're getting you right. Like you did some remapping with sharp keys. Mm -hmm. Like again, you forget about those things when you're setting up. Like because your your computer just works the way that you expect it to work. It, it, you've gotten into the habit of how it works. So when you start doing stuff, it's like, oh crap, why does this not working? And it's like, oh, because I need to go install Keyboard Maestro or. Mm -hmm. You know, like there are some things I'm never going to forget. Like I'm not going to forget to install one password. No, because um, I can't do anything else. Right, right. <laughs> I'm not going to forget to install LaunchBar because, well, my computer's broken if I don't have LaunchBar. Oh, man, I would be so sad if they break it. Please don't break it. Yeah, uh, please don't break it. 
you know, so things like that I'm not going to forget to install, but I might forget Keyboard Maestro because I'm not a super powered user of that as much as I like it as a tool. Like, I just don't have the time to sit there and, you know, dick around with it as much as some people do right. uh, to figure it out, uh, to work through some of the processes with, with using voiceover to do certain things. But I do rely on it for quite a bit of things. Like, I have a macro set up right now that if I disconnect my Thunderbolt dock, from my computer, uh, there's a macro that runs that automatically switches my my audio output, including voiceover, to the MacBook speakers. Uh, so I don't have because I'm always messing with these these loop, virtual loopback devices. Well, the device doesn't the virtual device doesn't go away when I disconnect something, but it doesn't have a way to send the audio out to the to the computer, right? So I switch everything to the internal speakers. Similarly, when I plug the dock back in or plug my board back in. And anyway, it automatically, you know, switches everything back to the way that it was before. So all the voiceovers coming out of channel three and all of that stuff, you know, happens automatically. I restore this computer and I guarantee you I'm going to forget about that. and I'm going to plug something in and it's not going to work. And I'm like, what the hell? Right. So, yeah, there are things like that. There's there's some, you know, lower level developer tools I use in the terminal that like getting those set back up and tweaked just right is a pain in the ass. Uh Oftentimes, and what I'm going to start doing is looking at some options for, you know, in some way versioning or keeping track of these, these what they call dot files, like, you know, different config files for terminal behavior and stuff like that, actually keeping them versioned because one issue I noticed when going from Intel to the M1 is some of the tools I used were not yet available for M1 or it was a different tool or, you know, using Homebrew on the M1, things are stored in a different directory than they were on Intel. So a lot of my little uh, scripts or uh, config files, like they were breaking or just did not work at all because they were pointing to a location that was no longer being used by a certain tool because his directory had changed. So little things like that are what get me. I do myself need to wipe my computer because I'm having some weird little audio issues where occasionally I have to open up terminal and run uh, kill all audio, no, kill all core audio D to reset, you know, core audio because there's something weird going on. Uh, and I'll go to preferences and don't see any devices on my computer. I hear audio fine. like nothing <laughs> But if I'm in an application, like say clean feed, and I'm trying to select the output or the input device, well, there's no devices apparently on the system. So and, and that's, things like that's that are concerning. <laughs> it is. It is. It, the first time it happened, I was like, wait, what? What? Uh... Okay, I rebooted, and I was like, I can't keep rebooting. I was like, well, I know there's a way to, you know, let me try this. And yeah, sudo kill all core audio D will reset core audio, and it comes back, and it's fine for a while. And occasionally, I'll go trying to set, you know, the input device for Google Meet, <laughs> uh, and I don't see any devices, and everything is dim. I'm like, gosh. So... Yeah, I will get around to it. Possibly next Saturday will be my day for doing this. Uh, I wasn't going to do it today because I had a lot of work going on. I probably would have done it today, uh, but I'm, I'm working. I'm really trying to wrap up like two projects uh, so I can get on with my life. 
And that's why I so. didn't do it tomorrow is because I have a podcast interview that I'm conducting and ah. I'm editing someone else's audio tomorrow. And I knew we had to edit today's show tomorrow and because uh, uh, Monday is Mallory's on my anniversary. And so I committed to her. I said, I'm not going to do any audio editing on Monday, which means I got to get all my audio editing done tomorrow. So. Ah. Well, happy anniversary. It is also Columbus Day or Indigenous Peoples Day or... Yeah, and when you have multiple Google calendars on your phone, Siri tells you, you have six appointments. It's the same fucking appointment. I saw the same thing. <laughs> I looked at Monday because I'm like, wait, isn't Monday a holiday? So I looked at Monday. It's like, you have six events. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, me too. Hold on. I'm like, wait, what do I got to move? I got to call some people. I got I to gotta, I gotta tell people, hey, I'm sorry, I can't do this. It's my anniversary. And then it was just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Indigenous People's Day, Columbus Day, Native American Day, yeah. uh, some I, other I, day I, I, I've never like a whole bunch of stuff. And then they're repeated because we have multiple calendars, right? Phones and Siri. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's our first sidetrack going on and talking about these these damn holidays. <laughs> so good. So next weekend you may you may get your computer restarted if i can get this one specific project off my plate mm -hmm. by the middle of next week absolutely because i really do need to do it because i've tried reinstalling mac os just over the top of the current os and i'm still having the issue so obviously i have tinkered with something somewhere that i should not have tinkered with yeah uh but because i tinkered with a bunch of stuff to get stuff working on the m1 uh yeah so i don't know what that may have been so I think it's funny. I'm using Dropbox Pro or Premium or Plus or whatever the hell they call it. I think it's Dropbox Plus. But I'm using that for some projects because I finally just said, you know, I, I, I'm just going to do it. I'm just, you know, I don't, I, I don't like it because I already have space. But now I have three terabytes of cloud space. Well, two and no. Yeah, maybe it's two terabytes in Dropbox. I don't even know. Plus, yeah, however two many. Two terabytes of Dropbox, I think. However many iCloud gives you, that's two, isn't it? Yep. So that's four terabytes plus one drive is one terabyte plus Google Drive, which I have 30 gigs. So I have five terabytes in the cloud. I could, I am not going to use anything near that. Just saying. Anyway, <laughs> so that's the one app I did not, I have not installed yet is the Dropbox tool because, well, I just haven't done it yet. But yeah, everything else is going good. And we'll see. Yeah. One password eight, man. Yeah, one password eight. What are your thoughts on it? Because I don't think I gave one password eight a fair try when I got frustrated that my control key wasn't doing application things. So I'm going to retry it again. So I have been using it for at least the past week. It may be maybe a little bit longer than that, but at least for the past week, I've been using one password eight. Uh, beta, I guess, is what it is. It's uh, one password eight beta now. So, for those listening who don't know, one password has developed uh, their new application in version eight is on desktop operating systems is using uh, Electron. Quick, quick, quick change alteration. I forgot because uh dave published a blog post and now one password eight is no longer beta it's early access same thing but ah okay i'll link to the blog post 
but they you're they're using the Electron to lay out the front end components of the app on macOS, Windows, and Linux because One Password is also on Linux. <sighs> Obviously, when I first heard this news, I did have a negative reaction. I got to be fair about that. I did have an instant sort of negative reaction to it, but I have felt the pain tremendously of not just the overall sluggishness of a lot of Electron apps on macOS, but the horrible horrible truly horrible across the board implementation of accessibility uh and keyboard navigation for said electron apps one password eight is not that bad uh i took a quick look at it when it first came out so that would have been august so almost two months ago and i was like hmm this isn't that bad there's enough rough edges right now that i cannot use it on a production machine like if i were one of those people with extra computers laying around that i could just use all the time and i, and I had the time to engage in such activities i have children so you know whatever mm-hmm. uh, i probably would have kept messing around with it uh now one thing that did make me go back and take another look at it is the fact that one safari 15 has been released for big sur so we got the update to one password. I mean, to uh, Safari 15 on macOS Big Sur. So did not have to wait till uh, Monterey came out, which is good because we'll upgrade to that to like next January. And there were some bugs with the one password for Safari implementation in Safari 14 that were apparently fixed in Safari 15. Uh, however, at the time that they released the early access beta back in uh, August for one password eight. The only way to get one uh, Safari 15 was through, you know, having the Mac OS Monterey beta on your device. And everybody that knows me knows I do not put beta operating systems on my Mac. He'll do uh, phone and he'll all. do watch, but not his Mac. Look, I'll, yeah, exactly. I'll do phone. I'll do watch because, you know, I can always get around those things not working. If my Mac ain't working, like I seriously ain't making no money. Like I ain't doing nothing. I'm sitting here looking crazy. <laughs> so... I decided, you know, hey, I can go try it again because switching back to 1Password 7 really was not a problem at all. And I got to say, in a lot of ways, it's, it's, it's nice. Uh, there are some rough edges with voiceover that need to be ironed off, but I have continued using it because none of them are painful enough that I can't use it. Uh, mm. I've actually found 1Password in Chrome and Safari to work rather well at this point. It still annoys me when I'm just navigating through a, let's say, a form field that I need to fill out that every form field I drop into, I get one password, you know, available, one password menu available. And sometimes that attempt to share that information with me sort of not freezes, but inhibits me from navigating to the next element on the screen for a couple of, you know, maybe a second or two. Yeah. Uh, so that that's a little annoying. But again, you know, I feel like if I use it long enough, I will, one, get comfortable with it because, hey, it's not going anywhere. It's going to be the thing that happens. Uh, and two, I can, when I actually start trying to have the time to seriously put together the thoughts that I have jotted down randomly here and there in drafts, uh, fortunately, I used a one password beta tag, so I'll be able to find these random <laughs> jottings. Uh, I can compile sort of a coherent, you know, here are the things that are super annoying that you really like. I really would appreciate you focusing on these right now. Here are some things that are slightly annoying. Here are some things that are going to really 
cramp people's workflow uh, or their efficiency if they're a screen reader user. But overall, it's not too bad. Uh, there are some nicer things about it in some ways than the old one password app. Uh, now, I do have to say that there is an issue that I have experienced uh, both on iOS and on Mac OS with one password. I sign into one account and it is hella difficult to sign into another account in the mm. browser. In the so, browser itself? Yeah, in, yeah, in the browser. So, like, it, for some reason, it decide, I don't know what made it decide, because every time I sign into, whenever I set up a new device or am setting up one password for the first time on a device, I always sign in with my business account first, because for me, that's my primary account. Uh, Mike, that's the one in the mall that you also have a share involved in. Mm-hmm. And then I will add my family account because of two things. Number one, well, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, that is where most of the stuff that I need to get into is, such as like my G Suite account, uh, things like that. Secondly, the two-factor code for my family account is also in that pass- one password account. Now, obviously, I could go pick it up on another device, but hey, it makes my life a little bit easier. For some reason, the browser on all of my devices, whether it's Chrome on the Mac or Safari on Mac OS or iOS, decided to choose my family account as the account that it was going to have me sign into first. Okay, well, I signed in and then I try to go sign into another account. And there's a weird little loop that I keep getting caught in where I follow the steps to get to sign in to another account by going to the settings for one password in the browser and I click sign into another account and then it wants to open the one password app on said device. Well, so I do that thing and then it goes there and then nothing basically happens. I don't see anything happening on the iOS app. I don't see anything happen on the Mac app. Go back to the browser. I'm still only signed into the one account. The only way I was able to solve this for anybody else that may be having this problem is on the Mac and on iOS both. Uh, I signed out of the account that I could not get added to the browser first, then went through those steps to add a new account, signed into that account, into the app, and then it bounced me back into the browser. Now I'm signed into that that account. So I hope that made sense for everybody. Mm-hmm. It did. So you just had to go through a different process of, of or procedure of signing in. Yeah, and it shouldn't be that way. Like, I shouldn't have to sign out of the app in order to get the browser to connect. So that, to me, is a bug, but it's still an early access, right? It's not released. So, you know, there's that. Now, what I do truly hate, like I absolutely 100% hate, is the implementation of the one password for Safari on iOS, on the iPhone Mm. specifically, because I haven't used it on an iPad. Number one, I can't use biometric authentication, so I can't use Face ID on my iPhone to sign into the browser extension on Safari. I have to type in my password every time that I need to reauthenticate. That's annoying. Really, really annoying. Really, really inefficient. My password is long. It's super long. Like it is just not crazy, ridiculous long, but it's long. It's, like it's long enough to characters. inconvenience you throughout your yes. day with yes. how many times you have to sign in. Secondly, uh, so for again, for people not having used any of the any of the extensions in any browser, when you're in the browser on the desktop, you drop into a username field, a password field, you hit arrow down to bring up the one password menu and it shows your suggestions. You can arrow through those. And that is actually working quite well again and, and Safari on the Mac and Chrome on the Mac is quite good. On iOS, on the iPhone, tap into a username field. I want to sign into this account. And 
I get a you know voiceover reads out the screen notification that one password menu available. Press the down arrow to activate. <laughs> There's no down arrow on my phone. Now, I have had tremendous, and I do mean serious problems, trying to use the, I think I have gotten a password to fill in once mm. uh, in Safari on iOS. So I've just reverted back to using the above, above keyboard suggestions or, or the password button above the keyboard to get to, you know, the, the old way of doing it before they added the Safari extension. I, I have reverted back to just relying upon that because it's like because they work and you can use biometrics to unlock one password to authenticate exactly <laughs> right right like look man i don't want to be typing in this password i made the password difficult so nobody looking at my fingers could try to guess what it was because it's like you know i really like hamburgers like no nah, you're not gonna it's not that simple mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's very convoluted and i don't like typing it in <laughs> here's the reason i'm so happy my mac has touch id because i don't like typing it in you don't even have to use Touch ID, though. You can use your watch and not even touch it. Yeah, I could. But usually my hands are already on the keyboard, so I just reach yeah. up. Because I'm not using the external keyboard as much as I used to. Uh, mostly because there's a mattress behind me that's, you know, helping kill some of the sound. And I can't pull my keyboard tray out. So <laughs> I'm just using the keyboard on the MacBook Pro. So I, I'm already on the keyboard. I just reach up and tap it with my finger and we're good. So in summary, I'm going to retry 1Password uh, beta probably in the next couple of days, admittedly maybe a week or two. I'll probably actually try it next weekend because now I have my setup working. I can get into all my work accounts. I'm able to to get everything that I need to set up there. So, Demasi, now that we have our one password secure and our digital presence, I think you had some questions you wanted to ask me about a new acquisition we acquired. Yep. So Mike told me, what was it? Mm, two weeks. Like two ago. weeks ago now, yeah. almost two weeks ago, uh, that you picked up a new, new, new smart home e device. Uh, you got the is it a Simply Safe security yep. system? Yep. We got awesome. the Simply Safe security alarm, which is kind of like a. It reminds me of a bowling pin, honestly, and that's the part that you plug into the wall. And then we got the keypad to disarm the alarm. And then we also got the smart lock. And we got that came with a keypad that we put outside. And then we have a couple of sensors to get started with. Oh, and one of the cameras too. Yeah, okay. So the key, you have a keypad outside to unlock. Now, does this keypad go on the door in place of a key? So, or, yeah, the the way the lock works is you take off the plate on your deadbolt on the inside of the door, and you mm-hmm. replace that plate with their uh, little box thing. It's uh, and it's got batteries in it, and then. It doesn't alter the deadbolt on the outside, so you can still use a key ah, to open it, which okay. is important. Because yes, it is. if the batteries die, I still want to get in my house. I don't think that'll be yep. an issue. But 
then where we put it is right outside our door uh, to the when you're looking at the door to the left of the door itself is the keypad and it's adhesed to the wall right there. And so you can just punch in the number and then it automatically unlocks the lock for you. So you can tell that the little deadbolt on the inside is turning. You hear a noise, so you know when it's done turning. It doesn't like do it super fast. It's also not super slow. And then you can open the door. Now, the Simply Safe app, and we can talk about that in a moment, will also tell you or it taps you on your wrist and says door unlocked. And I'm like, I know my door's unlocked. I just unlocked it. Like, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> but that's another way to know when the door is unlocked. And so we have that keypad outside. If you enter that, if you enter your code, because everyone in the house has their own code, and then we have a master code. And if you enter your code, then I think it disarms the alarm. I haven't actually tested that. I think it does. But then when you come inside, there's a, on our, with our house set up, you walk in and it's the washer dryer right there. And then there's another doorway right in front of you. It's not an actual door. It's just a doorway that goes into the kitchen. So we have the inside keypad on the dryer side of that doorway on, you know, when you come in the second one. So there has, it has three buttons across the top. There's an off button, which is the top left button. There's the home button, which really there isn't a difference in home and away. Uh, the away button is the third button because we don't use a sensor, uh, motion sensor right now. But there's the home button and the away button. And then it's the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, star, zero, pound, which star and zero have, or star and pound have different functions. I forget what they are off the top of my head. And then lastly, the keypad on the outside has one, two, three, through nine. And then on the left where star is, is a lock button, zero, and then delete is that setup. So, yeah. Got it. Okay. So, yeah, first, I, I, I definitely agree. Like, getting one of these, any, if you, in, so I agree that with any smart lock, I prefer the type that allows me to replace the inside portion of a deadbolt. Uh, and basically all, all that thing is doing, whatever their, their setup looks like, all it's doing is just turning the deadbolt from the inside when you want to unlock it. Uh, but it leaves my key intact on the outside because I'm paranoid, man. Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to leave my house and come back and, oh, the Bluetooth is supposed to unlock it or this keypad is supposed to unlock it or your fingerprint is supposed to work and then like something's broken or the electricity is out or whatever. It's like, oh, I'm just stuck outside of my house. Now I'm the one breaking into my home. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what do you think about it? Uh, and we've talked about the notifications a bit offline, but you know, ha have you worked out a solution for all of the notifications of door open, door closed, door unlocked, door locked, all of that? Or is it just, is going to happen? There's not really any granularity there. So there is some granularity there right now. I have it set up. So I know when the lock is unlocked. Uh, so how we first had it is we had a, a, a what they call a secret notification, so it didn't notify emergency services or anything, but it would send Mallory and I, tech, uh, not text message, push notifications whenever the front door was opened. 
And that got a little real fast because we also wanted the lock enabled. So when someone unlocks the door, we get told what time they unlocked it and who, who unlocked it. And so we got that all figured out. And so now all we get is a notification when someone locks or unlocks the door, arms or unarms the alarm, because I want to know when someone turns it on or turns it off. And then we also get a notification when someone goes by the camera. It'll say that someone did or that the camera detected some motion. Now, in the beginning, the alarms or not alarms, but the notifications were a bit much. But again, it was a new toy. So Benjamin had to go arm and unarm the alarm every time he went in to take the garbage out. And and Michael had to go push buttons to, to see how well they work. So now that it's kind of just part of the utility of our house now it's not it's, it doesn't have the novel newness as it did so i'm a lot more tolerable of the notifications but there for a while astomasi i was bitching about them notifications because they seemed like they were always going off so yeah i got that all figured out now which is positive yeah that's that's one thing so overall what did you just think about the system and then uh, just in general, like having it set up, like, does it make you feel more, does it make you feel simply safe? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because, because Jeff would ask me, he'd say, so are you simply safer? Uh, so I, I don't know that it makes me feel more safe, but it does make me feel more aware. And that's, I think the most important part for me is, is knowing what's going on. And we have it set up now. So when the door, like one of the notifications we could probably turn off is the door lock because the door automatically locks 30 seconds after we come into the house or we unlock the door. So that's something that we may disable, but I do feel reassured that the um, alarm or that the lock is going to go ahead and lock right after I close the door, even if I forget to, because there's been a couple times where I forget to lock the lock, so... Uh, that's definitely nice. And Demasi is playing with Todoist in his dock. <laughs> uh, I was uh, honestly, what was going through is, man, I'm glad we're recording on our own ends. Oh, I didn't know you was hearing the phone at all. Yeah, yeah, I was hearing the phone. That's ah, kind of so hesitating. Mute, <laughs> mute, mute does not work, and audio hijack just crashed. So that's nice. Ooh, ooh, I can still hear you. I don't know, so I'm just coming straight into the board, just uh, straight off the board into. Uh, clean feed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not an issue because we 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 record on our own tracks, but. Yeah, I didn't. I see. And, I thought, and it's not like I, so I heard what you were texting or or doing, but I heard what, and then I heard to doc to do us. I'm like, oh, Demasi put to do us in his doc. <laughs> I'll try. Yeah. So yeah, simply safe. Uh, I do feel simply more aware, and we'll have a link to simply safe in the show notes at yourownpay.com/dm80. Now, now my mute does work because Demasi didn't hear me say "what the fuck" when I was reading through these notes, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. So Demasi, uh, iPhone 13 Mini arrived today for you. It did. It did. Ah, okay, okay. Now that is interesting. You were on the ten R, right? Yep, I was on the ten R, um, and I got a nice 
offer from T-Mobile, which was roughly about, I don't remember the exact, but basically I got something like a little bit over $400 off the purchase of a new uh, iPhone by trading in my 10R. And I was like, I'm not going to get a deal that great and it's probably going to go away eventually. Uh, So yeah, let me, let me do this and get a phone because they're also the rumors out that they're probably not going to um sell the mini again next year mm-hmm. and i actually really did want a smaller phone like i, I the, yeah. the size of the you know 13 regular 13 or 12 and the pro regular pro was like yeah, you know i can deal with it perfectly fine i mean i could deal with tia's big ass 12 pro max if i had to but i don't really want to because i'm carrying around a much bigger device for not very much uh, benefit to me like the screen size doesn't benefit me none of the apps that I'm aware of or at least the ones that I use on a regular basis are doing anything special with any of the enhanced camera, camera capabilities of a pro model phone uh, and battery life really is sort of not that much of an issue for me I mean maybe I realize in two months like oh man the battery on this phone really <laughs> sucks but I don't hardly go anywhere so you know look just throw it on the charger while I'm sitting at the desk which is what I do a lot of times anyway. So yeah, I went ahead and got it. Uh, I got the iPhone 13 mini, uh, and what do they call this? Uh, midnight. Tia just said it's black. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody else says it's just black. Uh, so that's what I got. I got the base model at 128 because that is now the default uh, base model storage for all the iPhones this year. Double the storage my 11 has. And that's so weird to think about. It's double the storage of my 10R because the 10R I had was 64 gigs. So it doubled my storage uh, without me having to, you know, up actually bump up the spec of the phone at all. So it got here today. I've taken out of the box. I did the transfer deal from my old phone to the new phone. Uh, two points. It got stuck towards the end, which is my, that's what you were hearing me doing. I thought I was actually muted. So I don't know why <laughs> this doesn't work when I'm talking because you still hear me. Yep. Sure but do. <laughs> uh, I don't hear me off the board. What the hell are you hearing me off? Of? Anyway, uh, that's weird. But what I was doing was restarting the phone because it it was you know both devices were telling me that the transfer was done, but this one just wasn't getting off that screen. The uh, mini, but two nice things for me in this case because it kept me from having to call T Mobile is that it did transfer my eSIM from mm. the 10R over to the 13. Uh, during that transfer process, like it popped up and asked, you know, would you like to transfer a cellular plan? And I, the only one I had on that device was that one. It transferred it over. I was like, awesome. I don't have to call that T-Mobile to nice. handle that. Nice. Uh, it is a nice size. Anybody that remembers the iPhone 5 or 5S or the original SE, mm-hmm. it is a little bit bigger than those phones were but not by much like i can see i actually have a a original iphone se not the current one that looks like the eight but the original iphone se uh over here on my desk so that phone can sit basically in the middle of this phone and have like equal space around each edge but not even a finger width of space around around the edges of it so it's not very big uh it is actually smaller than the eight or the current 20 what is it 2020 se that came out last year that's the same size as the iphone 8 uh it's smaller than that device it does have the two cameras on the back of this one because it's not a pro they're Mm -hmm. at a diagonal now instead of being stacked on top of each other 
which is weird. Uh, which I don't think I knew. I knew it because that's why some people were saying you probably can't use the same cases, but it's just weird, I think. It is weird, and the camera bump is it's absurd. <laughs> like, just from my perspective, it, 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 it is absurd. Uh, but it, it is a very nice size for me. Like it, it, it feels nice in the hand. I do really like the flat size of this phone. Uh, I was just going to ask you if that one had the flat side. So that so the yeah, mini, so, all the minis do then. Yeah, the yeah. So it looks just like the. It, it's on the same design uh, scheme as the the twelve. You know, twelve series phones was. Uh, the only thing they changed about these phones basically is that they put the cameras on a diagonal instead of being vertical. And on the pro model phones, I think the camera bump is really outrageous, but I have not seen one. I, this is just what everybody seemed to be focused on is like the camera bump is just outrageous. Uh, to the point you. I've heard a couple of, I've heard a couple of people suggest that they need to just take up the whole top portion of the phone to add the cameras so that they maybe can spread things out a little bit right. more just make it like a camera bar instead of a camera bump yeah I've heard exactly. people say that a couple of times but yeah. maybe they won't get the effect that they that they're shooting for so that's that's exciting though we will do some follow-up to see demossi's thoughts on this in two weeks and see how it's working and literally i did i had zero clue that this was happening until i saw the notes and i'm like wait i was gonna tell you so i was gonna tell you i bought it and i was like you know what nah i'm gonna wait and then i looked to see when it was gonna be here because i ordered <laughs> it i think wednesday maybe yeah uh and it shipped out. No, I think I ordered it Tuesday, and it shipped out like Thursday, and it said it was going to be here today. And I was like, oh, well, that'll be perfect. I'll just tell him then because he won't know anything about it. And the only reason I wrote it in the document is because I was like, well, he'll read it, and then he'll say, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> yep. But you muted when you said what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, a little I, bit of that effect. I muted. I don't remember what you were talking about when I read it, but I muted. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, well, that's okay. So I, I accessibility – when I was on iAccessibility 167, I'll link to it because the episode is finally live now that we have a system in process for that. Uh, I said, I'm not going to get a new phone, but every time I say I'm not going to get a new phone, I end up with a new phone. Well, I should have said someone in our household ends up with a new phone because Mallory traded her 12 Pro in for the 12, 13 Pro Max. And guess when her phone's going to be here? Between October 24th and November 17th. So oh. <laughs> I'll let you know how the, the camera bump is. But yeah, it's it. So was she on the was she on the jump plan or did she or was her phone paid off and she just traded it in? It, it, I don't know what plan. She, they can need to figure out a way to unconfuse that because I am so confused about what we're paying for anymore. Anyways, so her phone was not paid off. It was mostly paid off. So I think what happens is she gets the – because our bill is only going to go up a dollar, I think it is, in the difference. So I think what happens is she gets th that phone paid off when she trades it in. Like they pay it off and then give her that much credit towards the iPhone 13 Pro Max, whatever it's called. So our bill's only going up by like two dollars, which dollar or two. It's it's in that's kind of negligible, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's enough that I'm like, okay, well they could they could raise my bill with that and say it's taxes. So yeah, let's let's just go ahead and do it. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I wish they would have given that off for Tia's phone to trade hers in uh, and 
have the credit balance of whatever up to a thousand dollars covered the whatever was remaining on her phone and then you know we just pay off the rest because i would have upgraded her mostly because of that macro mode but i was like well i'll just pay off her phone in 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 another probably six or seven months it'll be completely paid off and then i can decide what to do with it next year but whatever the pro max phone that comes out next year is it'll have whatever we got this year plus whatever's next year yeah. features uh and just upgrade her at that point in time and not not really too much worry about it i went ahead and upgraded my phone mostly like i said because the deal i was like they're not going to keep running this special i know they've been running it for about a month but you know at the time i was planning on possibly upgrading i probably wouldn't have gotten that much mm-hmm. on a trade-in of a 10r so i was like i better let me get this while the getting's good so google frustration what is Google frustrations, Mike? So, or what has Google done to frustrate you now? Because this, this is a, okay. <laughs> this may become a recurring uh, segment, a, a segment of the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, long story short, I've been just using Gmail dot com to access my email, and I put, mm-hmm. I hit C, and that starts a new message. I can start typing uh-huh. someone's name, use down arrow, hit enter, select them, press tab. And it says, oh, you normally email these people, too, when you email this person. So that's kind of cool. I like that. Put in my subject line. Then I can write my message, and I'm horrible at spelling and grammar. I will freely admit that. So I go back, and I up arrow, and I read my my message, and it says misspelled word. So I move my arrow keys over to it with uh, control left and right arrow, and it says misspelled word. So I press tab, and it pops up a menu, and I press mm-hmm. enter to select that option, right? Oh, that makes sense. Yep. I get in Google Docs today, and I start typing shit out, and it says misspelled word, and so I use control left and right arrow, and I get to the misspelled word, and I press tab, and it says tab, and it doesn't <laughs> pop that menu open. So I had to hit the uh, applications the- key on the word, and I'm like, man, this is frustrating, because it's little things like this that... The, the little inconsistencies of behavior got you. That I think could prevent more people from being comfortable in Google products. Because, like, if it's a misspelled word, then let me. So mine autocorrects sometimes. Yeah, mine does Google too. Docs. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes you type a word and it thinks it's misspelled or or it's trying to give you grammar. Yeah, I, I I get it. Like that does make a lot of sense though because. Well, it makes sense what you're saying. What they're doing does not make sense, right? Be consistent in the behavior that you're going to do across your 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 web mm-hmm. apps because they're all web apps, right? So they we all expect them to behave the same. Uh, exactly. But that is the problem with Google is inconsistent behavior across applications, across platforms, um, even across uh, marketing. Because yeah. you know what yeah. is what is this thing called now? We're I'm, I'm, what am I? Am I a G Suite <laughs> customer? But that's not really a thing. Am I a workspace I'm, customer? I don't know. I'm an I'm an in between customer right now because I have not pulled me the too. trigger to switch over to workspace yet. But they really want me to. They yeah. really want me. I'm waiting to log into my admin panel and see the link where they're going to give me the discount for the first year or something like that. Right. Uh, right. On the, and then I'll go ahead and pull the trigger because I'm going to have to. And eventually they're, gonna, they're not going to offer that discount anymore. So I better get it while I can get it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that was my complaint about Google inconsistencies because uh, it, so to answer people, though, you can use F7 in the browser to do a spell check, grammar check. And if you do highlight a word that's misspelt, 
you can press your applications key when it works right and be able to change the spelling or the uh, grammar selections. And I kind of stumbled over my word because I just heard Jaws say, Demasi Thomas is editing near this paragraph. Demasi Thomas is no longer editing near this paragraph. Demasi Thomas is editing. So that is nice. I like that about Google. Uh, and then the last thing in the in this YouTube. Yes, yes. I will say this, though, before we get to YouTube. I, I do wish that you could slightly tweak the behavior in Google Docs because I'm not actually editing. I'm just reading right. where you are at the moment. Right. When I start typing is when I'm editing. Yes, Google. That is so true. But hey, hey, yeah. you know, considering for years that it didn't even tell me somebody was in a document with me sometimes it's like you know i'll take that <laughs> yeah so youtube the only thing i wanted to say here is if you search for payon p-a-y-o-w-n on youtube you are able to now find by the time this show comes out all of our episodes that we've published on youtube too mainly did this because taylor i mean I, I'm, I'm gonna put taylor out there she said you should put your podcast on YouTube. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to because, well, I don't listen to podcasts on YouTube. She goes, I listen to podcasts on YouTube all the time. I'm like, yeah, that means other people probably do too. So I might as well. So I'm using an, a tool that we can put a link to in the show notes called tunes to tube. And I am using them right now to upload content quickly to YouTube. What I really like about them is I have all of the, so if you look at our show notes, you'll see at the bottom of the show notes, which are available at your own pay.com slash DM 80, a link to our tip jar that you can use, uh, for Pinecast. If you want to tip in Pinecast, you don't get nothing special for tipping there, or you can tip at your own pay.com slash support. Doesn't matter either way. It also has our Twitter accounts and there's, uh, a affiliate code that you can use to try Pinecast out. So I took all that content and I copied it and I pasted it into the settings. And now when I upload a new show, all I have to do is go to the end of the line that already says you're on pay.com slash DM. And I put in the show number there. And then I copy the show description from that show episodes page. And I paste it in minus any of the links because I don't want to be counted as spam. So I leave all the links out and I say for links and more information, go to, and then it's that line that I put the show notes at the bottom of, and then it's already got tags in there for me. So all I do is upload the episode, which I found a tool that, uh, well, I used, what was it? What what did I use? Uh, Demasi, I used, was it grep and wget? I think that was the two tools that I used. Ah, yeah. To download no, no. all the episodes. I think you used Curl. Yes, Curl. Curl yeah. And then WGET, if you're interested. Mike was using the, the Linux subsystem in Windows, yeah. man. He was all in the terminal doing bash commands. I you. know, but Curl. it worked. It worked. And that's the thing is it worked. I've been trying to yeah. download all these episodes. So long, let me be slightly transparent. Up until about a week ago, Demasi and I, I don't think Demasi did. I did not have an archive of all of our shows. Um, they were just, you know, there. Online. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that has been resolved. Uh, but I went and grabbed all those MP3 files. Wish I would have known about these uh, power toys back at that point because I had to go through and rename a lot of episodes because the episode file gets renamed when it's uploaded to Pinecast. 
Uh, but once I grabbed all those and I downloaded it, then I renamed each episode DM1 through DM79 with the two special episodes we had. And then I put them in a folder and then I started uploading them. And yeah, so that's going on YouTube. There will be a playlist eventually. And next week or in two weeks, I'll do some follow-up. We need to figure out a system to keep track of these things we're going to do follow-up on. Maybe I'll make a section for future follow-up in this doc that we can use. That, uh, But in two weeks, I'll give you guys a total length of content that we've produced because it's not as much as some. But for the fact that we've committed to this for now 82 episodes, uh, for me, that's saying a lot, so... Mallory told me, she said, you don't have to record today. I'm like, yeah, I don't have to, but I do have to. Cause it's like, it's like the one time we get to sit down and talk tech and record it and entertain people. So hopefully people are getting value out of it. Yeah. And let us know by, uh, dropping us a note on, oh no, you can't drop us a note on the website. Hold on. And you can let us know by mentioning us on Twitter. He's at Payone, P-A-Y-O-W-N. I am at Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E. And the show is at The DM Series. Show notes and more information available at yourownpay.com slash DM80. You've been listening to Your Own Pay Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit yourownpay.com slash cast for exclusive content and to contact us today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and about how you're making this podcast your own. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. The Your Own Pay Podcast, yourownpay.com.